Brother Richard Grant has asked to share a testimony. Brother, if you would come on up, and I have a microphone ready for you here. I want to praise God and all his mercy and kindness, and it's because of him who we are. Amen. It was a while back that uh, my wife and I moved from California to Michigan, and um, the Lord began to deal with her. And I asked the pastor if I could share basically what Wednesday night service means to me. And I'm sure many may say the same thing tonight. But uh, we came back, and my wife began to start thinking and desiring spiritual things. Of course, I always thought that weekends were for Michelob or Miller time. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, I didn't know exactly what was going on because when I was a drill instructor in the Marine Corps, I was rough on the troops. When they wanted to go to church, I'd just shake my head, you a bunch of sissies, you need this and that. And the Lord knows how to straighten people out. And I had to find work, so I began to paint. And uh, a friend of the family is, uh, we had known for years over in Canada, and uh, their last name, uh, we called them the Adams family. And it was true. It was their last name, the Adams family. And uh, Yvonne and, and Tom Adams. And when my mother found out that I was going to be painting in their house, she said to me, they're a bunch of religious nuts. And um, I didn't really pay much attention to it. But as I was painting, Yvonne would put on a, a record player, and she was in there putzing around in the other room, and she had this record player, and I'm painting away, and I said to myself, what is this garbage that she has on? It was so-and-so begat so-and-so, and so-and-so begat so-and-so, and you know what that's all about. And she gave me a book called Cross and a Switchblade. And I took it home and gave it to my wife, and I said, uh, Yvonne wants you to have this to read. So she read it. The next night that I come home from work, I noticed in my wife's countenance there was something going on there. And I didn't ask. She began to talk about this preacher over in New York, David Wilkerson, and that he was ministering to the youth. And she said something about being saved and the people changed and they were they were saved and I didn't I she talked to me I never responded to her at all and a few days later Yvonne gave me another book they speak in other tongues and I gave that to my wife and the next night when I come home I could see a greater change within her countenance and she says did you know that people are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues and talking about the gifts of the Spirit? And it went just like that over me again. I said, well, okay. She was raised Episcopalian and went to a Lutheran school, and I went Catholic, 
And trust me, I wasn't a good Catholic, okay? But I didn't know anything about, nothing about spiritual things, absolutely nothing. In fact, I was against it somewhat. So what happened was is that uh, my wife, she kept reading that book and commenting on the book to me, and I moved from where I was painting in the Adams family closer to our house, and she had the phone number there, and she called me, and she said, I looked through the yellow pages and under the heading of Pentecost, and I found this church called Shiloh Assembly, or Shiloh Temple, and I just got off the phone for 45 minutes with the pastor. But that was Wednesday morning. And the Sunday before that, a number of weeks, I would tell my wife, I said, I'm going to go check your church out. You find me missing, that's where I'm going over to Episcopal Church. So something was going on inside of me, but I didn't know exactly what it was. I went to that Episcopal Church, and they had a huge Christmas tree. I'm talking about large. And I sat in the back row. And I could see that Christmas tree, and just through one of the openings of the branches, I seen a cross there. And I said to myself, they should never have the tree in front of the cross. And they had communion. And I was the only adult that did not go down and take communion. You ought to have seen the looks when they come back. Like I was the dirtiest dog that was in the, I probably was the dirtiest dog in the sanctuary. But they did have me signed up for offering envelopes before I left that morning. But here my wife now is, that was Sunday before Christmas, and now Wednesday before Christmas, she's talking to the preacher, and she said to me, they're having church tonight at 7 p.m. And you know, I didn't say anything against it, nothing. I said to her, get a babysitter and we'll go. And we had somebody behind, the, behind us, lived behind us that watched the, the kids. And we went there to that Pentecostal church. And when we walked into the foyer, my wife looked and there was no place to kneel. And she said to me, there's no place to kneel. How many know what I'm talking about? There's no place, no kneeling. She says, well, what are we going to do? I says, well, do what they do. I've been doing what they do ever since. <laughs> I seen one lady raise her hand up in the church. And I was watching her. But anyway, the pastor knew who we were. It's a Wednesday night service. There isn't very many visitors that come on a Wednesday night. But there are some. And God wants to bring them here. God wants to bring them here. We have millions of people coming into Florida. They're building subdivisions all over within five miles of this assembly. You know that. And we need to be open on that Wednesday, Sunday, when all the time. And the pastor preached that salvation message. And he says, if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you, you need to come down the altar and lay everything down here. Your life, your job, everything. 
family. And Brother Charlie, it was like the Holy Ghost grabbed me right here and dragged me down to the altar. My wife, she said that she waited a little while until her feet began to burn and started coming up her ankles. She says, I better get down there. <laughs> She's the one that was leading me, but she held back just a little bit. But I went down there, and I knelt down there at the altar, and I did, I said nothing. As God is my witness, I'm sure people prayed for me, but nobody was around me. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody talked to me. I knelt there, and I just wept, and I wept, and I wept. And as I was kneeling there, I thought of one person, and I said it inside of me, Jesus, Jesus. And all of a sudden, the size of a tennis ball of fire hit me right here. I had no idea what was going on. And as I was saying Jesus and weeping, the Holy Ghost just began. And I didn't know it was the Holy Ghost. I didn't know what was going on. The Holy Ghost began to move up my chest, my face, my lips become numb. And still weeping. Stayed there, stayed there. I want you to know that I knelt down a sinner, and stood up righteous. I stood up washed in the blood of Jesus. Yes. And the pastor took us. He said, well, come, come, I want to share with you what's happened to you. He, he brought us in to his office, and he began to share about salvation and asking Christ. And he said, what you two have done tonight is that you have taken a spoon and you dipped into God's barrel of blessings. And as I walked out with my wife, I told the pastor, I'll be back for the rest of the barrel. And I want you to know tonight, I've been dipping into that barrel every day by the grace of God. And I've been dipping and dipping and dipping. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And Pastor Greg, I wanted to share that, not only because it's true, and the Lord has blessed us and called us into ministry over the years, pastored for over 20 years, full-time as senior pastor, over 20 years associate. And I, I look at the Lord and I say, thank you for using my wife. And I could share with you how the Lord delivered me from alcohol, and how the Lord reconciled me with my wife, but that'll be for another time. But I want you to rejoice with me tonight about eternal life and the goodness of God and the importance of having a Wednesday night service because, folks, you don't know, God is always looking for opportunity to bring people to a place of salvation and fill them with the Holy Ghost. God wants a place that's open. God wants a place with people, with faith, that believe the doors are open, and they're going to come, and they want to come, and there's the hindrance of coming. But I said all of that to give God all the praise.
because it was on a Wednesday night, December 23rd, 50 years ago today. I don't know about you, but if you have a testimony like that to share, not just here, but that's what you need to share with your neighbor. That's what you need to share with your family, just to remind them of how good God is. It doesn't have to be some sermon with three points and a poem, (laughs) as I tell my dad all the time. But it's from your heart. It's what God has done for you. And that's how we share the gospel with those around us to encourage them, to let them know there's a God who loves and cares. It's his desire. The Bible says he is willing that none perish, but all come to everlasting life. That's the plan. That's the whole reason Jesus came. So we might have eternal life. So we might have the opportunity. So the world would have the opportunity to be saved. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. I want to talk tonight of two people we we rarely talk about during this time, and that's Simeon and Anna. So Luke chapter 2, verse 25. says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when, he, uh, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I want to just look, pull out a few points here about Simeon. It's not going to be long tonight. But Simeon, it says, was a just and devout man. And God had made him a promise, and apparently he's quite old. Can you imagine waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for a promise to come? And knowing in your heart that God has put that there. And God promised him, you're not going to see death until you have seen the Christ. Many of us would give up. Maybe God has made a promise in the past 
and we have given up or we thought there's no way, God, you can, you can do this. I've been in places in, in my ministry, in my life, where I, I thought that ship has sailed. What, what should have happened didn't, and how in the world is it going to straighten out? And thank the Lord I didn't give up on God. <laughs> so if you're at that place, you say, God, you promised this. Don't ever give up. Hold on to the promise. Trust in the Lord. Simeon says, was a devout man waiting. That, that's tough to do. Waiting is the most difficult. If you've ever, uh, if your wife has ever had a child and you were in the hospital waiting for that child to be born, that, that, uh, trust me, the wait on, for your spouse is much dif- more difficult than the man. But he was waiting for this promise in, in verse uh, can't read them, 26, and it, hap- and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't see death till he saw the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. In other words, God prompt him, prompted him, it's time to go to the temple. You're going to see this Christ today. Imagine going through life 80 plus years or you know, up, we don't, I don't think we have an age, but we know Anna was over 80, maybe 90 some years old. We'll do the math in a minute, but Simeon had to be up in years and the spirit of God prompted him, even at an older age, prompted him to get up and go. So you don't go to the temple every day. That wasn't something they would go, uh, once a week. They would go, uh, at the Sabbath time. But Mary and Joseph took Jesus on the eighth day when it was supposed when he was supposed to be circumcised. But God, by Spirit, God plans so many things out. We have no idea how great His plans are. The Bible says uh, His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts, and He has this plan He's working out. If we would just walk in obedience. To him, Simeon had to, in faith, knowing that was the Spirit of God drawing him, walk to that temple, or he would have missed out. Can you can you imagine him saying, "You know what? I'm not going to go today." Oh no! When the Spirit prompts us, we need to do, we need to move, we need to do what He's asked us to do. So he comes to the temple, and there, I'm. You know, I can just imagine his eyes locked on Jesus right away, when he, knowing this is the one. This is the Messiah. Can you, an eight-day-old baby, that's the Messiah. I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. My, my thought as a natural person, the Messiah is coming, it's... I'm going to see this guy walk in and he's going to have an army of people behind him and they're going to conquer the world and this is it. No, it was a baby. A baby. But he held Jesus in his arms, it says, and blessed God and said, first of all, thank you for letting me depart in peace. Thank you, Lord, for fulfilling 
the prophecy you gave me. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Verse 32 says, A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. They're in Jerusalem. It's all about the Jews. It's all about uh, the Israelites at this moment. But he sees beyond that. God saw beyond just the Israelites. Beyond Israel, he saw you and I. I, Can you imagine that the the vision of God, he knows when the last person is going to walk down an altar and give their heart to him or say a sinner's prayer on a street with somebody that's witnessing to them. God knows, and there's going to be a moment he's going to say, that's it. This is the last one. Jesus, it's time to go call your church home but a light to bring revelation to the, to the Gentiles. We sang Silent Night, radiant beams from thy holy... I mean, just the imagery that uh, the author of that hymn wrote of how glorious, how bright, how brilliant God's light is in a dark and terrible world. We live in a world where it is nothing to be dis- dishonest. In fact, sometimes people are encouraged to, to be dishonest. And what do I mean by that? My wife and I took the grandkids. We went to Target last-minute Christmas shopping the other day. And uh, one of the grandkids was in the cart the other one was in the seat in the cart. And so we're unloading the cart. And I asked the ones in the cart, you need to get up so we make sure nothing is there. So we pay for everything. And he shuffled around and nothing's there. We get to the car. I pull him out. And I don't know if where it was stuck, but a little bottle of something like shampoo was underneath him. So what's the dilemma? $3 bottle of shampoo. We're, and, and trust me, we parked in the back 40 because there was no parking near the door where I love to park. But, and I wasn't even thinking about this message or anything. It's just the right thing to do is what? You take it back. And because it was one of those stocking stuffers, I went in. I walked in, nobody, I carried this item through the door. The greeter looked at me, didn't say, hey, do you need a sticker? No, just right in the, walked up to the checkout counter, you know, the self-checkout, because hardly anybody, you have to do all your work now. Anyway, I scanned that in, I paid for it, I walked out, nobody said anything. I, it, it wouldn't have mattered, but it mattered to me. Because I need, you need, if you, the Bible says, if you're honest in a few things, if you're, if you value, you know, when you're faithful in little, he'll make you ruler over much. There's another scripture says, if, if you cheat in the little, <laughs> you're going to cheat the big stuff. That's the Greg Riggs paraphrase, but you get, and the point is, 
Honesty is honesty. But so many times, you know, and I know Maria shared this in Sunday school a few times with the cashier that gives you too much change back. And, you know, you just, you do what's right. And sometimes they, they insist that you take it. And that's, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but Jesus is a light that cannot dwell. He dispels the darkness. And that light shines. And we need to be reflectors of that light. We need to share that light with a dark and lonely world. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and Mary marveled at the things that were spoken. And then he says the words, A sword will pierce your heart also. So I don't know if we have the whole story here. He says he blessed, but he looked at Mary and said, I think they knew that they knew that they knew the destiny of their child. Because she was already grieving. And when she was there, when Jesus died on the cross, and can you imagine, as we prayed with, uh, for one of Bonnie's friends who lost their daughter, can you imagine the grief of that mother watching her son, knowing from before he was even born what he was destined to be? But my... What a gift to countless millions and millions so that we might have eternal life. That's how much our Lord loved us. Let me close with Anna. Now, there was, a, one, there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. So you do the math, that's 91. Then you add on however, whatever age she was when she got married. So she's well into her hundreds. Quite, quite up there in years. And this woman... It said, uh, she did not depart from the temple, but serve God with fasting and prayers night and day. I think we would probably label her an intercessor and a prophetess. But, I mean, she, it says she labored night and day. Serve God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, in other words, she's right there when Simeon does this proclamation. Coming in that moment, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Israel. I think... Satan likes to tell us we're the only one. 
He likes to tell you that you're the only one going through this. No one else has done this. You've done this. I mean, he's an accuser, accuser, accuser. He likes to separate us. I, I picture the, the herds of animals in Africa and the lions teaming up to come and conquer them. Satan likes to do that with us. He likes to separate us from one another and pick us off, defeat us, first of all, in our minds and with things that we're going through, discourage us, keep us down. But here we have two elderly people in, in this time. In that moment, Jesus is in the temple. God, God has people waiting. God has prophets and prophetesses, and he has folks ready when the when the knock on the door comes, they're ready to do what God asked them to do. Don't ever let the enemy tell you you're done. Your ministry is over. God doesn't need you anymore. That's a lie from the enemy. It doesn't matter your physical ability. It doesn't matter your age. God is able to use us all. It doesn't matter what if we have degrees on the wall or if we have flypaper on the wall, I don't know. It does, that doesn't matter to God. He wants a willing heart that says, here I am, Lord. And when that call comes, when that request comes, or whatever it is, we get on our face and we pray and we intercede or we do what God asks us to do. We take that step of faith and go when God, when we don't understand, Lord, why do you want me to go there? I never go to that store. Why do you want me to go there? Maybe God's setting something up. Or maybe want you to take a detour or, or talk to your neighbor or visit with them. Invite them over. If you have dessert leftovers from your Christmas dinners, then invite a neighbor over to share a cup of coffee and a piece of pie. It doesn't have to be some big schedule or anything. Just invite them over. Be ready to do what God asks you to do. Anna, 91 plus years, 100 plus years old, was there when God needed her. And she was not only an encourager, but it says she told, (laughs) she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. She was letting everybody know that was looking for the Christ. Now, we can read in a little bit to this. Maybe they, they had heard the talk here. The shepherds are talking and all these things are happening. You know, there's some things going on. They know something's up. They, maybe they saw the star when others ignored it. But she told everybody that was looking Apparently, there was a group of people still wanting to see the redemption of Israel, still wanting to see God come in a mighty way. There is a remnant here in the world today still looking for the return of the Messiah. Are we going to be one of those that when Anna speaks, yes, we're ready, we're ready, I'm ready. I, in my heart of hearts, I wish Jesus would have come back earlier in 2020 because I didn't want to go through this year. He can come anytime. 
And my wife told me uh, tonight, on January 1st, 2021, we can now look back and say, uh, what's, I have 2020 hindsight. <laughs> Great. I don't, this, there's never been a year like this. And I don't, who knows what's coming. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon either, does it? I don't think, I don't think the time January 2021 is going to be any different than December 31st, 2020, except the fact that we're one day closer to the return of Christ. We're one day closer to seeing the salvation of the world. And I'm ready, and my desire is that we tell everyone to be ready.